Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here, you'll learn about how to grow your building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're dying. So we want you to always be in growth mode. Remember, to get notified about new episodes, hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. That way, you won't miss any of our expert guests that we bring on the show. In addition, as a special thank you for being a listener of the podcast, we've got some special bonuses for you. Just go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast. Again, hit that subscribe button to stay in the loop and go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast for your special bonuses. Hey, welcome to episode number 35 of Builder Funnel Radio. In this episode, I sit down and talk to Mark Levesque of WebRunner Media, and we dive into the world of paid advertising. So we talk about Google ads, Facebook advertising, a little bit of retargeting, and how content fits into advertising as well. So stay tuned for episode 35. Hey, Mark, glad to have you on the show today. Hey, Spencer, how are you? Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about our, our topic today because we're going to dive into the world of paid media, which I think is something that most people have either dabbled with or they're doing actively and oftentimes they're frustrated with it. So I'm hoping people get a lot out of uh, this this conversation today. But I guess maybe you can just tell us a little bit of your backstory and how you got into digital marketing. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. So paid media, yes, super important. I think when we're talking marketing, it's important to look at things holistically. Obviously, there's the type of services that you offer, the type of, type of services that I offer. Ideally, you're able to do both of these things. But um, so I'll give you kind of the, the backstory. WebRunner Media is a company that uh, myself and uh, my co-founder started uh, six, seven years ago. Uh, prior to that, I was in the ad tech space. So I used to sell advertising technology to uh, digital agencies across um, you know, the US and Canada. And after a couple of years of um, kind of getting a lens into you know, the world of agencies, we kind of got the itch and said, hey, we need to start our own agency. So, so that's how WebRunner came about. Uh, in the beginning, we were sort of industry agnostic. Uh, we were working with you know, manufacturing companies, distribution companies. Uh, we did e-com, we did software, we did... Um, uh, you know, service business. I mean, we worked with everybody and anybody. We were somewhat, uh, you know, full service. We used to dabble in, you know, a bit of web and uh, website design development, a bit of content and social. But over the years, our offering has really been, uh, you know, narrowed down to paid advertising because it is essentially where we have an expertise and uh, what we enjoy doing most. So that's how we, we kind of got into paid advertising. And uh, from the get-go, uh, we had the opportunity to uh, sign on a couple home improvement uh, type businesses, and we've always uh, been able to generate great results for these types of companies. And so naturally, after a couple of years of running the agency, it made sense for us to sort of niche down and to uh, put all our eggs into that that home improvement basket, if you will. So today we work exclusively with uh, remodelers, replacement contractors, restoration companies, and our sole focus is to help uh, businesses scale by adding a bit more predictability into their business. So essentially leveraging their advertising dollars to bring in, um, you know, leads that they can then close to generate more revenue. So there, there you have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And, uh, I'm kind of curious because you, you know, you kind of got, got into it, you were servicing a bunch of different industries and, you know, and also leveraging some different services as well. You mentioned web design and some things like that. Uh, it sounded like you had the expertise in the the paid realm, uh, but I'm curious, 
what ended up being the decision to say, yeah, home improvement, that's kind of our space. I know you said you got some results, but I'm assuming you also were getting results for some other industries. Was it kind of like a, a toss up like this one or this one, or, you know, was it, and also was it kind of a scary decision to say, Hey, we're going to turn away, you know, everything else. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, Spencer. Um, you know, now I'm well positioned to be able to answer that appropriately. If you would have asked <laughs> me that a couple of years ago, I mean, when you say it's scary niching down, yes, it is. Uh, ultimately what it comes down to is, uh, you know, we were in a position to, um, to, to, to be, to be able to one clearly articulate our value. Um, and, and two, you know, just realistically with the resources that, that, that we had, uh, we had to kind of pick and choose our battles. And ultimately, we wanted to uh, choose the route whereby we would be able to deliver the most value to our customers. So we ask ourselves, you know, where can we be most valuable, most most impactful? Where can we, um, you know, spend our time, uh, you know, ge- generating results for, cl- for 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 customers, ensuring that we ensure what we're doing on a day to day basis. So what's going to be conducive to nice, scalable growth, good customer retention? Uh, which industry or, or vertical in particular can can we really help people? And, um, it, it just kind of all the arrows pointed into that home improvement, uh, space, home, home service space. You know, a lot of customers didn't have, you know, proper web presence, didn't really have the understanding of how to leverage paid acquisition on their own, really lacking the predictability. And so, you know, like you say, we dabble in a bunch of things, but, um, for us, it, it's, you know, that was kind of the, the area that we wanted to, to line ourselves up with. It, it just the home improvement space made a lot of sense. Um, I can probably go on and on there, but, uh, that kind of give you a bit of a, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's, it's really helpful. And I think it's super interesting when companies make that proactive decision to say, Hey, we're going to play here and we're not going to play everywhere else. And I think that's actually something that a lot of the home improvement companies and remodeling companies struggle with too, which is, you know, should I have a niche or do I just do everything? So we talked to a lot of companies that you know, do additions, but they want to do kitchens and baths. And then, you know, maybe they have a handyman division. And so they do some little projects and, you know, then you kind of, you're trying to market to everybody and then it becomes really challenging because you don't necessarily build up that expertise, you know, something you mentioned earlier. So I don't know if you've noticed that as well with some of your customers and people you talk to. Exactly. 100%. I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. If you try to be all things to all people, you're really um, creating, you know, <laughs> a lot, a lots of challenge, uh, challenges for, for, for yourself and you're making it difficult for you to scale a business. We actually almost ended up doing uh, e-commerce before home improvement. I mean, we, we had a lot of good wins and success stories. We took some e-com businesses from uh, zero to six figures, six figures, seven figures. And uh, that was really fun for us because with e-com, when you drive, you know, traffic to websites, everything's very black and white, you know, you're, you're generating sales, you're working on those average order values. And it's, you know, the industry as a whole is just evolving with things like Amazon and uh, where you can basically buy traffic. So that was always a a passion for us, e-commerce. We still like it today. Uh, But there's so many different moving parts to e-commerce and we just weren't set up to be able to deliver the kind of value we wanted to, to that industry. Sure. Uh, conversion optimization, tweaking the websites, the email marketing and e-com, all extremely, extremely, uh, you know, difficult, lots of moving parts and, um, just not uh, something that, that we wanted to, to, to continue doing. It just didn't scale. So, um, with home improvement, we're able to be a lot more focused and, and, uh, and, and deliver value. And like you say, it'd be the equivalent of a remodeler 
trying to do, you know, 50 different services with a team that's really uh, specialized in kitchens or in bath. I mean, it, it's just, is going to make things difficult for you. So for us, we, we learned after a couple of years where our value really was. And uh, we said, we're going to focus on this. And it's, it's difficult because you have to say no a lot more often. So we'd get <laughs> lots of referrals and um, business that would come our way. But when you're in a position where you can confidently say, no, you know what, this is not really for us. We've chosen to go this route. And you know, here's why. But here, let me pass you off to somebody else who I trust will be able to, to, to help you with this. And so we've got a lot of relationships uh, like this going on now. And that works well for us. And, and, and people really appreciate that. And what it does is it allows us to spend, you know, the time focusing on, uh, what, what we're really experts at, you know, so we get more value for our existing customers. Our existing customers appreciate that we are more focused. And so it's just a win, win, win across the board. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think for those listening, you know, it's something to consider, you know, and if you are kind of servicing a lot of different areas of the home right now, maybe look at where are you most profitable, where are you most uh, successful in, you know, executing those projects. And you might be a lot happier if you cut away some of those projects that kind of are nightmare projects for you, they could be great for somebody else. And then you could do twice as many of what you're good at. So um, I think this whole kind of conversation is just a good one as a business to revisit every once in a while and say, are we playing where we really want to play? Uh, but let's jump into some of the the paid details and you know, with the home improvement space, where do you think some of the most common mistakes are when people set up, say, a Google AdWords campaign and they, you know, they're like, okay, I, I need to drive some traffic to my site. I'm going to throw some money at Google and get started. You know, what do you see as kind of those, those common mistakes? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say number one, and it's, it's probably very timely because we're in the new year now and everybody's setting, you know, New Year's <laughs> resolutions and stuff. But when people reach out to us, one thing that we hear very often is I want to grow my business right? But I want to grow my business isn't really um, a smart goal. You know, I want to grow my business, you know, by how much, right? To, to, to what extent? Is it people? Is it revenue? Is it number of deals? Uh, even I, I want leads. What kind of goal is that? You know, so I'd say that's probably the biggest mistake. People need to get a lot more specific with respect to what they're looking to uh, achieve with their, with their marketing. And, and, you know, by doing that, it's going to allow them to to, to better understand, um, you know, what kind of investment they can actually make into their marketing. Someone comes to us and says, I want to grow my, my business this year. And we go and we give a price and, you know, they scoff at the price and say, Oh, wow, that seems like a lot. Well, a lot relative to what, you know what I mean? Sure. And how do you come up with an advertising budget if you don't really have a goal or an objective? So things need to be relative. You know, you may want to grow your top line revenue by a million, two million, three million. Well, you know, we're going to look at, what are the closing rates? How many, you know, leads are you going to need in order to generate that kind of volume? And there you get a clearer picture. Once you know, you know, what kind of revenue you're looking to achieve, maybe how many leads you might need to go and get based on your closing and based on the cost of the average leads in your industry and your market, um, you're going to have a much better idea of what you need to put into marketing. So I'd say being realistic, um, not necessarily realistic, but, but just true to what you're, what you're going after, you know, what are your goals? What are your objectives? That is number one. That's a big mistake. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, because I, it's funny, you mentioned some of that language, I hear a lot of similar things. And, hey, I want to grow by a million. Okay, great. You know, so let's look at that relative to the dollars you want to put in. And sometimes people are talking about their advertising budget, but they're budgeting based on their current level. And so you kind of have to think about, well, if you want to get to the next level, you might have to consider a new budget to get there. 
Um, and so it sounds like, you know, you hear maybe even some vague goals around, hey, I just want to grow this year. And there's maybe not even a dollar volume as well. Yeah, the notion of, you know, what got you here won't get you there definitely holds true. You know, you can't keep doing what you're doing and expecting a different result. If you want to grow, you want a different result, you're going to have to do something differently, you know? Totally. Um, so, yeah, that's one. And I mean, I've got a couple of others. Um, yeah. You know, we see a lot of people trying to do things themselves. That can work if you've got the time, if you've got the knowledge and the know-how. Some people want to get their hands into marketing and love marketing and they want to run campaigns. Great. Sometimes I'll have conversations with people say, you know, I've been banging my head against a keyboard. I, I took a course or I've been kind of reverse engineered what the other successful companies are doing. But, you know, I'm not a designer, I'm not a programmer, I'm not a developer. <laughs> I don't really understand what I'm looking at when I'm looking at the reports. Okay, well, you know, look at the opportunity cost. Is it really worth it for you to be doing this? So again, put things into perspective. What will it cost you to have professionals run this for you? Um, versus, you know, what, what you're trying to do yourself and, and then results, how long, how much of a learning curve will you have to kind of go through? Uh, so you see people trying to take shortcuts there and, you know, when you're small and you're starting out that, that might be okay, but, um, you know, you just gotta, you gotta look at it from a kind of number standpoint, you know, that, that doesn't make sense. Uh, a lot of people use AdWords express because it's, it's quick and it's easy. Um, you know, that's not always great. Uh, you really don't have a lot of control you can spend a lot of money. So, Again, better than not doing anything, but devil's advocate, there's better ways that you could optimize that, that budget. Um, sending traffic to a homepage, another mistake, do-it-yourselfers will make a lot of the time, right? Things won't be tightly knit. They'll just run all sorts of campaigns uh, on, on Google specifically. And, um, you know, if somebody is doing a search for, you know, bathroom remodel, uh, bathroom remodeling contractor near me and they'll send people to a, to a homepage and on the homepage, all you see is kitchens everywhere, you know, <laughs> or additions or something completely unrelated. Uh, so just kind of, you know, newbie mistakes that most people make. Uh, this is all basic stuff, but still very important. Um, tracking, that's a huge one, you know, some, so many times we'll audit client accounts and regardless if it's, you know, Facebook and Google and whatever, not having visibility into what's working and what's not. There's, there's, there's that saying, you know, I'm getting results from my marketing. The problem is I just don't know, you know, from where. Half of my advertising budgets, you know, getting me results, half of it's wasted. Problem is I don't know which half. That's a yeah. big problem. So you're not able to make informed, you know, data-driven decisions if you don't have a clue what's, what's working. And that's very, you know, fundamental. It's, it's very foundational. It's something that's got to be done right from the get-go. That's what's going to allow you to, to uh, scale. Um, what else? A couple other things. I mean, with respect to Google AdWords specifically, just the notion of going too broad, uh, that can really hurt you. You know, that can cost you a lot of money. Um, you know, you can bring a lot of traffic that's not really relevant. Uh, you just deplete your budget and all of a sudden you classify Google Ads as something that's just not going to work for your business or too expensive or whatnot. So quickly jumping to conclusions based on, you know, an unfair, an unfair trial. Yeah. Yeah. And those are awesome. I mean, there are a lot of mistakes there that you're able to rattle off pretty quickly. And I want to kind of jump into a couple of those. The first one being you commented, you know, a lot of people send people to the homepage, you know, they maybe get a bunch of campaigns. You mentioned, I think, doing a bathroom campaign and driving to the homepage where you've got a bunch of kitchen related content. So what is the ideal scenario there in terms of campaigns and then also where you're driving traffic? So, so the key, the key word that you want to remember there is just relevancy, right? And this is, you know, regardless of, of what type of marketing you're doing, uh, this can hold true, you know, 
across, or across the board, doesn't matter the network or whatnot. You want to make sure that whatever, um, uh, ad you're putting out there in front of somebody that you're going to have a strong message match, which wherever it is that, wherever it is that you're bringing them. So for example, if it's a Google ad for somebody who's looking for a bathroom re- remodel, well, when you're, uh, you know, putting your campaign together and you're telling Google that you're willing to pay them to show up for that, for that search term, for that query, um, your ad has to have bathroom remodel in there. Okay. Um, when the user clicks on that ad and they get to that page, same thing within milliseconds, they need to see, you know, it's got to hit them in the face. Oh, I'm at the right place. You know, I search for bathroom re- remodel. I saw a compelling ad with bathroom remodel. I click the ad. It brings me to a page and boom, there's a big, beautiful, you know, bathroom image there. And it's, and my keyword is there, you know, bathroom remodel contractor within my location or, or whatnot, you know? So it's, it's about, you know, relevancy. It's about having a strong message match through every step of that, that customer journey. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people probably waste a lot of money just sending it to the homepage. And then a lot of times your homepage isn't set up to convert either, you know, so people will start bouncing around and get lost or get distracted. Or to your point, they'll just leave right away because they don't immediately see what they were looking for. Uh, So as a part of that, you know, landing page, you talked about relevancy. Are there certain components that are really important to actually get that person to then take action. So they go, okay, here, I'm at the right spot. You know, I see bathrooms. I was looking for bathrooms and we're keeping it pretty simple here, but um, you know, are there some key kind of components that people need to keep in mind when they're building that landing page? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, landing pages, are an integral part of what we do here at, at the agency. And we'll often try to push landing pages on people. And it's not because we don't like their websites, but sometimes their websites just don't have any landing pages, you know, built in. Um, so, so that would be very important. You know, if you are getting a website built this year, or you're looking to optimize your current website, you've got to make sure that you think of those, those landing pages, those end destinations where you want to might, where, where you maybe want to send consumers after they've clicked on an ad from any one of your, your campaigns. So we are a user of a platform called Unbounce. Unbounce is a uh, technology to help uh, quickly uh, design and develop landing pages. So we use it for all of our, um, all of our uh, home improvement customers. And um, we follow conversion-centered design principles, which are basically principles that have been put together by uh, the founder of that company. Uh, really, really interesting points. And I can go through a couple of them if, if, if you want to. Uh, basically, there's, there's, there's eight of them. Um, but number one, you know, attracting attention, uh, super important. You got to get people to the, to the page and you got to make sure that, you know, what they've, what they've searched for, that's what they, that's what they're seeing. It it just, boom, you've got their attention hits them. Yeah. I'm looking for bathroom remodel. I'm at the right place. Uh, you know, context again, confirms that people are at the right place, deliver on the promise in the ad. If you're, if somebody is looking for, for example, you know, affordable bathroom remodel, well, when they get on that landing page, they, they should see again, that they're at the right place. Um, you, you've attracted them with your ad. Now, you know, give them context, show them the bathroom. They were looking for affordable. So there's gotta be something with respect to, you know, pricing or something that conveys that, you know, this is an affordable, you know, company or service or whatnot. Sure. Um, clarity. So landing pages are typically not made up of a lot of text. Okay. Um, when you get onto a website, you know, your website may have tons of different pages, lots and lots and lots of content. So you're trying to eliminate anything that's not, uh, relevant to what that consumer has searched for. Okay. So, um, 
very, very targeted page to the point. So it's, hey, welcome, you're here, you're at the right place. We do bathroom remodels. Here's the offer that we had in the ad. Um, and then a couple other you know, benefits and reasons why you wanna work with us, but not much more text than that, right? Um, we try to stick to 150 words or less on a landing page. Interesting. So it's really, it's really not a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shorten to the point, right? <laughs> short, shorten to the point. Um, congruence. So removing anything from your landing page that doesn't speak directly to the goal. So kind of just touched on that credibility, social proof, you know, people will not buy from you because you tell them how great you are. They'll buy from you because they see what you've done for other people. Okay. So you always want to be leveraging your existing customer base and what you've done for others. That's really going to help make the, the decision-making process a lot easier. So social proof can come in the form of written reviews, video testimonials, um, you know, uh, demonstrating your, your, your certifications, your accreditations, you know, just your, your, your experience as a whole. Sometimes just having, um, pictures of your team, your fleet of vehicles or whatever will instill credibility and trust right? Showing that you've been in business for 15 plus years, important as well. So lots of ways that you can incorporate social proof into your landing page. You're trying to eliminate any objections and any doubts and concerns people may have before they actually get in contact with you. Um, strong call to action. What do you want people to do, right? So the last thing you want people to do is start clicking through to three, four, five other pages, right? You're not trying to bring them down this funnel. It's they've done the search for the bathroom remodel. They're on the bathroom remodel page. Well, next logical steps, get in contact with me. So again, this is right now we're speaking relative to a Google, somebody who Googled something, right? So somebody who has a specific intent, we know they're looking for that. Great. Bring them to a page. Um, if we're running an ad on Facebook where the intent is maybe different, it's more of an awareness ad, then maybe the call to action is different, but you've got to think about that. What are you trying to get that, that consumer to do? Is it pick up the phone and call you? Is it uh, fill out the form to get in contact with you? Is it start a live chat or maybe it's download you know, a lookbook, a guide, uh, something, right? And uh, you can probably speak to that, Spencer, being uh, the owner of an inbound marketing agency. This is a big part of what you guys do. Hey there, I hope you're enjoying today's episode. Just a quick reminder that this show is brought to you by Builder Funnel. We're a digital marketing agency specialized in helping home builders, remodelers, and contractors like yourself grow their businesses. We help you implement marketing and sales technology, such as marketing automation and a CRM system, as well as drive more traffic, leads, and sales through strategies like content marketing, SEO, social media, paid traffic, and email marketing. If you wanna learn more and see if we're a good fit, just send a quick email to hello at builderfunnel.com and mention the podcast. I'll schedule a one-on-one -on -one website and digital marketing assessment with you where I'll take a look at your website, show you some areas where you can improve, and we can see if we're a good fit. If you haven't noticed already, our company is huge on education. We host this podcast, create tons of videos, and create helpful blog posts to educate you guys on marketing and sales. I'll pack a ton of value into the website assessment, and I'll never pressure you to buy from us, although we're confident you'll improve your marketing and sales efforts by doing so. Again, send me a quick note to hello at builderfunnel.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, totally. And, and I think, you know, going through all those points, you know, a lot of those are, it could be the difference between a super low converting landing page and a super high converting landing page, which, you know, we like to talk about in the digital space, which is conversion rates and traffic and all these things. But at the end of the day, that's the difference between a lot of dollars in your pocket, because those are going to be leads, people that fill out a form or call or do a live chat. 
some of those kind of calls to action that you just mentioned. And yeah, I mean, if you, if you spent the money and you get them there and then they bounce or they leave, you know, that's, that's the missed opportunity. So, um, you know, I think what you just ran through in terms of those uh, components of a good landing page are a really good place for somebody to look and say, okay, if I'm spending money and driving it, how many of these elements am I incorporating into my campaign? And is there any way I could improve that? And so, um, yeah, that, that was super helpful. And I kind of want to uh, jump back a little bit because you had talked about some of the mistakes and we kind of talked about driving to the homepage versus a landing page. The other one I kind of want to dive into is the tracking and analytics piece. Cause that comes up for me a lot too, where people say, well, why do I need the software? Why do I need X, Y, Z tool? And it's a lot of times it's because we want to track, we want to measure what's happening. Um, I guess, what have you seen from, you know, what are just the core basics that you absolutely need in place to, to track if something is working, if it's not working, but also so that you can improve it over time? Because yeah. I think, I mean, that's the whole point of it is let's measure it so we can improve it. Yeah, exactly. And I, th I think one of the, the reasons why most people don't like the idea of tracking is, you know, it's very easy to kind of write it off as, oh, you guys want to track because you get all these interesting stats and metrics and everything. You just want to give me this beautiful report to keep me around. No, it's really not for that. In fact, <laughs> here specifically, the reports that we send customers don't have clicks and click-through rates and conversion rates and all that. These are great metrics for us internally. But what we want to uh, return back to the customer is, what have you spent? How many leads did you get? And what's it costing you to acquire a customer? And that's really that North Star metric that our, that our customers, your customers need to be uh, looking at. It's what does it cost me to acquire a customer? And uh, if you can, whatever advertising and marketing you're doing, whether it be uh, traditional, digital, um, that's the number you got to look at because with respect to what you're selling, you've got to have enough, you know, you've got your sales, you got your margin in there. Well, if it's costing you a thousand dollars to go and make five, well, now you've got, you know, a marketing equation that works. You have essentially an unlimited advertising budget. And that's what everybody needs to be aiming for. It's how much money do I need to put in on the front end in order to generate leads? How many of those leads do I need before I get a customer? And is that profitable? And not enough people are going after that. So to bring it back to a tracking, um, you know, to, to come back to the tracking conversation, this is why we're tracking. So in order for marketers like you and me to be able to optimize uh, everything that we're doing, yeah. website, the landing pages, you know, the ads, the campaigns, we need visibility into what's working and what's not. And like you said, sometimes very, very, very small increase in, uh, you know, a click through rate or a conversion rate on a landing page can be the difference between, um, a lead cost that makes sense or, or a customer acquisition cost that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on a landing page, the thing uh, that we'll want to track is obviously the conversion rate. So how many people are actually taking the action we want them to, be it pick up the phone and call you, fill out the form, or start a live chat. Those are typically the three conversion types that we'll, we'll aim for. But at the same time, other metrics, you know, how much time are people spending on the page? Um, how far down the page are they scrolling, right? Are they watching the video that we have on the page? So we have different style of pages based on, uh, different, different objectives that all of our clients have. So, uh, for example, if you're, um, and this is interesting, actually, if, if you're a, a replacement contractor, you do, um, for example, you know, heating, uh, HVAC systems. So you do emergency repair HVAC. So, uh, heating units, uh, air conditioners, maybe you do plumbing. So emergency repair plumbing or you're a restoration company. Naturally, these are industries where you're going to have a very, 
uh, a much higher conversion rate because people have an immediate need. They're in water up to their knees. They just got flooded. They're Googling. They're picking up the phone and they're calling you. So conversion rates will be a lot higher there. This is, this is normal to see. Totally. Yet, if you're a remodeler and uh, you're offering uh, kitchen and bathroom uh, remodel services, that, that sales cycle, that path to purchase might be a lot longer. might be a couple of weeks, might be a couple of months, right? Somebody just doesn't say, hey, you know what? This kitchen that, we've, uh, <laughs> that, that we have, it might be time to redo it. You know what? Let me Google somebody. Okay, let's call them right away. Yeah, you want to come in and it's not always that quick, right? So they're going to research. They're going to Google. They're going to find you. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're going to compare you. They're going to shop you. They're going to call around. So uh, two totally different ways of, of marketing there. So I'm getting a little off, off track here, but um, data is what's going to help you better understand how to optimize, um, you know, your campaigns in both of those situations, you know? Um, so a lot of different tools and technologies we use, but fundamentally those are at the core, what we want to do. If we're looking at Google AdWords, um, Google ads, excuse me. Um, if people are using keywords to find you and they're calling you, well, we want to be able to tie those phone calls right back to a keyword so we can optimize, um, you know, within Google ads specifically, there's other reports that we get so that we can optimize, um, you know, the, 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 the campaigns over time. And then also just getting feedback from customers. So again, another reason to track, we're talking about phone calls, just listening in on some of these phone calls is another form of tracking. That's also important because sometimes you have the opportunity to hear, you know, uh, how well the, the, the phone's being picked up. Are people answering? Are they missing calls? If they are answering, are they answering properly? Are they, are they addressing, you know, the, 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 the consumers on the other end of the phone properly? Um, again, another piece of tracking that's not so, you know, marketing focused, but that we also want to shed light on for our customers so they can get better results. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I like how you kind of broke it down and said, you know, your reports include just a few metrics and you talked about customer acquisition cost. And then there's a whole bunch of metrics that we as marketers love to track, you know, like traffic and clicks and, you know, even how far they're reading on the page. Like you mentioned, some of those things are what allow you and I to improve. But at the end of the day, you know, somebody's looking for leads and customers and they need to know, okay, dollars in, you know, this is what I put into my campaign and then this is what I'm getting out of it. And I, I want to kind of hone in on one thing you said where you talked about, you know, if you're spending a thousand dollars and you're based on your margins and everything, you're able to get five back. Now you have kind of this unlimited, you know, advertising budget because you know, you can keep putting those dollars in and getting the dollars back. Um, I think that kind of ties nicely back into our first conversation around targeting and niching down or, or picking an area, because if you do kitchens, baths, you know, landscaping and additions, and you've got all these different numbers and you kind of, you don't have a really good grasp on what your margins are because maybe you, you have these projects, but you fill in with these other ones. So that, you know, changes some of your, your actual business numbers. Uh, it may be more difficult to actually figure some of those things out, not impossible, but if you just do kitchens and baths, and you know those numbers, you know if you get a kitchen project, you confidently know your margin and what you spent on marketing and if that makes sense to continue or not. So uh, I'm glad you talked about that cost of customer acquisition because I think a lot of people uh, forget about it. But that really, at the end of the day, if you know that number and it's working, then just keep running, right? You've got a, a marketing campaign that, that works and, and you can yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, exactly. And I think if you're a business that you're maybe sub a million dollars, maybe only doing a couple million dollars a year, and you're kind of really starting to get into this, this, this whole digital, you know, ecosystem in the beginning, the last thing you want to do is spread yourself thin and try and market all these different services. I mean, you want to zero in on, you know, uh, the needs and wants of that ideal customer. So essentially going through your service offering and figuring out what do you enjoy selling the most? What, what do you have, a uh, what do you enjoy delivering in terms of services? What, what kind of service is easier for you to deliver? Where do you have proper margin? Where do you have less issues with your, with your team internally? You know? Um, so you think of all that and then you come up with that, 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 that service or that product that you prefer promoting. And then after that, it comes down to, you know, putting a, a marketing machine in place to go and bring in quality leads and customers for that. And now imagine if you're trying to do this for many, many different services, you're operating on a relatively small budget, and then you want to spread that budget across different platforms. That's where things just get messy and it doesn't make sense. So it's, you know, you got to crawl, walk, run, as we like to say. And uh, so essentially, you know, pick, pick that, that, that category you want to go after, learn to properly articulate, you know, the, the, the pain points of that customer that, that needs that service. Um, because again, every, somebody who wants, you know, a sunroom addition is very different than somebody who wants a roof replacement or a roof repair, you know? So it's, um, marketing comes down to messaging again. And like you said, on our end, the more data we have, the more we can stretch out that advertising, that marketing budget. And so, um, you know, there's always a little bit of a learning curve, but with the data, we're able to take those dollars and, you know, just go a lot further. And that's why we want to track. It's really to maximize that investment so that we can, you know, with the same amount of money, bring you more leads. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, we just kind of talked a little bit about, you know, targeting in on a customer. And so if somebody's kind of just getting going and they want to find their ideal customer and they want to, you know, attract them using pay-per-click strategies, um, I think we've covered some of these elements, but maybe break that down a little bit. How would somebody go about, you know, setting up a campaign and starting to attract those people that they feel like, okay, this is, this is my best customer now. How do I get them to my site? Yeah, great question. I mean, you've got to remember that um, we're, we're talking a lot about Google Ads. Um, Google Ads is an intent. It's, it's, it's a search platform, right? It's a search engine. So its job is to basically, uh, you know, return relevant results to people who are searching for things, right? And that's how it makes its money. So you've got to think about your service. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we like to say that everyone's using Google. And, you know, that's, that's pretty much true. Uh, your customers are there. It's just understanding how they're searching for your products and services. And, um, you know, uh, just, just doing research ultimately when opportunities and prospects come to us and they want to look at leveraging Google ads for their business, uh, we'll look at exactly what they're selling. We'll look at how their consumers might be searching for those products and services. Um, you can start, you know, just off the top of your head, come up with a couple of keywords that you hear a lot in conversations, you know, talk to your salespeople, um, and then build out a small keyword list that you think people might be using to find you. You can also leverage uh, Google's uh, keyword planner tool that they have. There's other third-party tools you can use, but very basic. You can use Google's tool, uh, keyword planner. It can give you keyword suggestions in there. It'll give you an idea in terms of what search volume might look like. And it can give you an idea as to what um, average click costs might be. So those are usually pretty good indicators as to one, is there a lot of people searching for those keywords in your, in your area and um, whether or not you should be, you should be bidding on them, you know? Um, so again, it always comes down to intent. You've got at the very top of the funnel, those more broad kind of awareness level searches. And at the very bottom, you've got those high intent, which are like buy now keywords, right? So uh, emergency repair plumber near me, right? That's somebody who needs somebody now kind of thing. Um, 
if, for example, you know, kitchen remodel ideas, that's somebody who's looking for, you know, back, let's say backsplash ideas or whatever, you know, pricing, that's not somebody who necessarily wants to buy now, somebody who's doing some research, that's more, more top funnel stuff. So you got to think about how you want to target people that way. Um, and then also there's looking at your competitors. So you can just type into Google a keyword that you think someone may be using to try to find a business like yours and look at what other people are doing, right? At the top of that search results page, you'll see ads. Those will be people who are bidding to show up there for those search terms. Read their ads, pay attention to what they're putting in their ads, look at their offers, click on their ads, go through to their, <laughs> people aren't going to like that, but <laughs> click on their ads, go through, look where they're sending their traffic. Is it a homepage? Is it a website? You know, is it landing page? And you can kind of look at, you know, the, 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 what, what you're up against, right? Sure. And I can kind of give you some, some ideas there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are really helpful. And I guess I'm curious too. So you mentioned Google being a lot about intent, you know, somebody has a specific purpose when they go there. So when and why would somebody use Facebook advertising versus Google? Cause those have very, you know, different intents. You know, somebody isn't on Facebook necessarily seeking out an emergency plumbing service or something like that. Right. So I'm going to throw this one back to you, Spencer. All right. um, <laughs> you're, ha you're having a baby soon, right? Yes. yes. You have a wife, you guys are married. Exactly. Did you ask your wife to marry you on the first date? First time you met her? First time you saw her? Absolutely not. That would, no, right? <laughs> definitely not. It's like that in business as well, right? Marketing, I mean, too often people expect to put money in, boom, make a sale. And people need to stop thinking about it that way, right? You have to invest to get in front of somebody today. Um, you have to expect that when people find you, okay, good. You're on their radar now. Don't necessarily be, be too pushy or too aggressive or try to make that sale right away. And so it's great to leverage Google, Google's search platform to get in front of people. But statistically, you know, data shows that 90, 95% of people who land on your website or your landing page or whatever will not call you right away. And again, this will vary depending on the service and the industry and competition and all that kind of thing. But in general, um, people will leave your website without contacting you. And uh, look at your analytics, look at your data. Is it going to be true for everyone? So you have to have a strategy, a plan in order to bring people back, okay? So you can leverage Google to get in front of people based on intent, whether they're at the uh, awareness mode, just looking for things, or whether they have a very high intent to purchase, but expect that they're going to leave. So with that in mind, make sure that you capitalize on every dollar that you're spending on this, on this, this platform. So use things like retargeting, so that when people come to your website, you're able to pixel them with the use of a cookie. And people have probably heard that term thrown around, cookies and pixels and whatever. But it's basically it's a notion of tracking somebody who hits a web page so that you can then continue the conversation with them later on. And so you can do that with Google. You can do that with Facebook. One of the things we do a lot of is, you know, people who have uh, come to a web page through, through Google will retarget them on Facebook. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. you do a search for something online and all of a sudden you start seeing, you know, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, you're on YouTube and you start seeing ads everywhere for that company. That's simply retargeting. And that is a very good way to kind of bring people back or to continue that, that sort of uh, path to purchase. And of course you can get really advanced and more technical and you can have different messages or different uh, conversations at different stages, right? So if you know that somebody searched for a bathroom re remodel, they went to that bathroom remodel landing page but they didn't call you right away. Well, now what might make sense to market to that person after they leave? Maybe it's uh, it's case studies. Maybe it's a video on a bathroom remodel job that you did, you know? So uh, platforms like Facebook can be great for, for that, you know? Um, Facebook not being a search engine 
is it's a social network. So there you're targeting people based on behaviors, interests, uh, you know, demographics, that, that sort of thing. You're, you're disrupting people uh, from, from what they're, they're doing. It's, it's called disruptive advertising. So you're showing an ad to somebody who didn't necessarily look, <laughs> seek out your brand, your company, your services, you know? So very, very, very different. So I don't know if that addresses the. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I think, you know, what you just said right at the end, there's that somebody didn't necessarily go to Facebook for that reason. And your, your ad is being placed in the middle of what they were doing, which is, going to look for friends and family photos or, you know, information or news and, or just killing time. And they didn't necessarily go there to, to seek out a home improvement, you know, service. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously there's a, a side case where somebody might go and start looking for reviews and looking for companies on Facebook, but generally that's not what people are there to do. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a great example of how to look at those two different platforms, or at least the two different intents, which is somebody that's going to seek out a service on Google versus somebody that's just browsing around on Facebook and kind of doing some personal stuff there. So yeah, that definitely answers the question. I kind of want to toss another question out there because I hear this a lot. You know, somebody says, oh, you know, the the retargeting ads where the ad just kind of follows you around, you see it everywhere. It's, you know, it's creepy or it's, you know, like stalker ads or these types of things. So um, I guess what would you tell the business owner, you know, about that and kind of, I guess, getting over that simply just because it's a great strategy. So, uh, do you have anything that you would say? Well, I mean, number one, it works, right? So there's, there's proof, there's data that shows that it does work. Uh, it can lower your cost to acquire leads and, and to acquire customers. So again, it makes sense. Um, what else? I mean, it has to be done tastefully. Too many people will create one ad. They'll say, okay, I'm retargeting, but they won't manage the frequency, right? So there's frequency capping you can look at. You want to make sure you're not showing the same ad to the same person way too often. And that's just going to be annoying. And I think this is what gives sort of people a, a bad taste. There's a negative connotation around retargeting as a whole. But um, in general, I think it just has, it just has to be done properly. You know, I think that's yeah. what's, uh, that, that's, what's important. And, uh, again, look at things very much in the form of a funnel, you know, your message up at the top might be very different than when you're ready to get person to take action. And so, you know, naturally you don't want to retarget, uh, people for too, too, too long. You've got to try to match that with what your sales cycle typically looks like. If I'm a restoration company and I do, uh, you know, disaster recovery for, you know, fire or floods or whatever, somebody's searching, uh, they find me, great. If they don't call me right away, I'm not going to retarget that person for two months on. It just doesn't make sense, you know? Um, and then on the other end, if you're, uh, you know, a window, uh, siding replacement company, uh, you know, remodeler or whatever, these things are maybe more want type type services. So people have more time to shop around and, uh, look, look for different offers and things like that. So it makes sense to try to, uh, push, uh, different messages to people at different times. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And uh, one other question I want to ask you, we've been talking a lot about paid, you know, so a lot of Google ads, but then Facebook advertising, how does content play a role in this? Because I think a lot of people have the notion that, hey, advertising, I, I just create some ads and, and drive traffic. But you, you've already mentioned a couple of things like a video or a guide, but maybe expand on that a little bit. How does content kind of get woven in with the, the paid part of it? Yeah. So I'm, I'm so glad that you asked that question because it makes, you know, when we're talking to a company that has, um, that has content, it makes everyone's life easier, right? Totally. If you're talking to a new startup business and they have no content, the only thing you can really say is, Hey, we're here and we have an offer and call us if you need us. 
but that doesn't work and that's too pushy and that's too aggressive. Um, what you want to be doing is you want to be providing value. You want to be educating. And so we're huge proponents of inbound marketing. Um, content is a way to go, you know, blogging and uh, articles, videos, case studies. I mean, not enough businesses are, are getting in on this and you have to be doing that because at the end of the day, the networks and paid ads, it's just a vehicle to get a message out there. What that message is, well, that's the golden question. That's where people need to spend time. How can you, what are the questions that, 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 that come up in sales conversations? What are the concerns? What are the misconceptions people have, right? Think about how you can educate your audience, provide value, make buying easier, make shopping easier, make understanding, you know, siding easier, help, help people. And, um, you know, afterwards it'll be easier for you to, 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 to generate leads. You know, you're putting content in front of people that, um, is going to increase the likelihood of you, you know, generating, generating leads because people are going to have seen, Hey, you know what? I saw this ad is this, 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 this article. I read it, found it really interesting. Now that person's been pixeled, you know, if somebody read an article on, you know, uh, three reasons why you might want to consider X, Y, Z type of siding. Well, if they read that article, that's somebody who you can retarget, right. Uh, with something specific to, um, you know, a, 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 a siding job with a, with a very specific offer or something like that, you know? So, Content's huge. Content's really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thanks. I feel like we could, we could expand on that and probably spend a whole day talking about paid and, and content and different campaign ideas and examples. And um, I do have one last question for you, but before I get to that, uh, how can people connect with you, learn, learn more about you, find you online, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, people can uh, find us online, webrunnermedia.com. That's our website. Uh, they can find me, Mark Levesque, on LinkedIn. Uh, pretty, pretty simple. If ever you know you want to get on a call, have a conversation about your business or whatnot, you can book a demo right on our website. That links right up to my calendar. Find a time that works, and we'll have a chat. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. And and yeah, to kind of close us uh, for today, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, good. <laughs> good question. <laughs> Not really prepared for that. Um, what, you know, what, what would the advice be? I mean, to me, it, it comes down to, to having a system. I mean, you want to add predictability to your business. That's number one. And, uh, so you, you have to know your numbers, right? It's, uh, you know, don't, don't pull a number out of, you know, God knows where and just throw it out there and say, well, that's what I'm going to put into marketing. And that's what I think I need to do. I mean, um, you need to get to the point where you can reach profitability. So, you know, think about what you're trying to achieve, uh, you know, work backwards, focus that, 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 that service offering, get one thing to work, get it to work well, get yourself to the point where you're profitable on your, on your, your ad campaign and then scale. If you look at all the biggest, you know, remodelers across the U S um, they're omnipresent, but they're doing so because they've got the budgets to put behind because they got the systems in place, you know, and they have the visibility into what's working and what's not. So, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's great advice. I mean, we talked a lot about that for a little while and systems and numbers. And, you know, if you don't have those nailed down, it's, it's going to be tough to improve and track. Uh, yeah. Well, Mark, thanks so much for, for joining me today. And uh, I really enjoyed this. I feel like I took away some new things as well. And I think our audience will definitely get a lot of value out of this and thinking about what they're doing for paid and how they could continue to improve those things. So thank you very much for joining me. Awesome, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Mark Levesque of WebRunner Media. We talked about a lot today, and I think we could have gone into a lot of those things in more detail, but I want to break down a few action items for you as we wrap for today. So action item number one, 
would be make sure you put tracking mechanisms in place for all your campaigns. We were talking about digital today, but ideally you'd have tracking set up for all of your marketing campaigns. That way you can measure it and then you can improve it. Action item number two is gonna be look at your campaigns and make sure they're driving to landing pages versus just your homepage. You can lose a lot of money and a lot of traffic just driving people to the homepage. And again, revisit that section where Mark talked about, I think eight different points on how to create a successful landing page. And finally, action item number three is gonna be intent. So think about the platform you're using. Is it Google, is it Facebook? And what is the intent of the user when they go to that platform? So again, Google being they're looking for something right now, Facebook being they're probably just looking for entertainment or to connect with friends and family. So make sure that your ads match the intent. So again, hope today's episode was awesome, super helpful. And again, focus on those action items and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Hey guys, before we wrap, I've got two more quick things for you. One, if you got some value out of today's episode, we'd really appreciate a review on iTunes or whatever podcast player you're using. It really helps us spread the word, bring on some more interesting guests and help you guys improve your business. So we'd really appreciate a review. And then next, if you have any questions about any of the episodes or you have some topics or guests that you'd really like to see, go ahead and send me an email at hello at builderfunnel.com and I read every response. We'd love to either feature that topic on an upcoming episode or feature that guest. So thanks a lot, guys, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks for joining us today on Builder Funnel Radio. Don't forget to visit www.builderfunnel.com for tons of free marketing and sales resources. And if you ever need hands-on help implementing your marketing and sales system, just send a quick note to radio at builderfunnel.com. And as we close for today, remember, never stop learning. See you next time.